Hey ladies, welcome back to another episode on the Weight Loss for Women 40 Plus podcast. Now today we are diving into some more mindset. This one's really good. So I've labeled this one, called this lesson. It's not about wanting it, it is about wanting it. So I brought this one to our ladies and everyone I go through this one with has profound changes to the mindset. Now, all I ask is that with these three mini lessons I'm bringing today, Take what you like and reject what you don't like. Some people get these fucking bees in their bonnets around things that are said and things they don't agree with. I'm like, who fucking cares? At the end of the day, accept what you like and reject what you don't like. That's what being an adult is all about. You have the power of choice. Now, these things have helped me. They've helped thousands of my clients. They've helped so many friends, family, colleagues, um, even other business owners in their development. So let's... Let's rock and roll with this. So a question to you in the audience. Do you want to lose weight, tone up, get into your favorite clothes and feel more confident? The answer is probably yes. The answer is pretty high. But if we rated this on a scale of one to 10, one is I don't actually care. And you probably listened to the wrong podcast. And number 10 is I could not go another day without being one step closer to my goal. Now, when I asked our clients this, I just heard 10, 10, 10, 10, 10. Now I can tell you after taking more than uh, 3,000 one-on-one calls, like I've personally last three years talked to more than 3,000 ladies. That's just myself. My team included is probably about 6,000 ladies. We will get 500 inquiries a week. It's getting hectic, ladies. So if you're on the fence about whether to join or not, you probably want to get in quick because our spots go super fast. Now, if I just walked down the street and I grabbed a run, a hundred random people and I asked them, do you want to look better? Do you want to be healthier? Do you want to be more confident? How many of those random hundred people would say yes, do you think? If not all of them, I reckon personally, like 95% of them, everybody wants those things. Now, me on a personal level, like I would, I would love to be a better singer, like genuinely would love to be able to sing better. Because I get self-conscious when I sing. I'm fucking not great at it. Now, I can own my deficiencies. Not a great singer. I don't even remember the words to 99% of the songs. So I would. I think it's an awesome skill. I get a little bit, uh, get a little bit envious of people who have that. I'm like, damn, that'd be cool. But virtually no fucking part of me wants to spend the time, spend the money, or spend the effort on improving my singing skills. Like, yeah, I want to be a better singer. If I could snap my fingers and have it happen, I'd be snapping my fingers 100%. But I don't I don't actually want it. Like, you see, there's a huge difference between like, yeah, like I want it and no, I fucking want it. Like, there's a difference between those two things. So the people that are lined up on the, on the street, like, yeah, they want to lose weight, but nobody actually wants it. Like, it'd be, it'd be nice to have, a lot of people think. But most people are not willing to replace the parts of their life in order to get the outcome, get the desired result that they're looking for. Like me with singing, like I'm already in shape. I don't want to lose weight. I'm in shape. But like, yeah, I'd, I'd want to sing better, but I don't actually fucking care that much to actually do anything about it. Now, I might have gone through this study before, but there was an experiment done on rats and they were testing the strength of desire. So more psychologists, behavioral scientists, that kind of stuff, testing how much does desire actually account for moving towards an outcome or a goal that people have? So they had these rats, they starved the rats and they put them in a little tube 
And what they did, they tied a spring to the tail and they wanted to measure how hard would the rat pull. So they starved them down. And what they did, first experiment, they put cheese or the smell of cheese at the end of the tube. So what happened? So let's say the rat was on the left-hand side, cheese on the right-hand side. And they wanted to see how hard the rat would pull, stretch the spring. And that would be a good uh, unit of how much desire they had. So mind you, if I was starving and there was food, I would be very, I'd have a lot of desire to move towards the cheese. Now you think because it was starving, it pulled as hard as it could. Like there's no other circumstance in which it would pull harder than being starving. Because if it was full, it would move at all. It's like, I don't care, I'm full. So that was the first test. The second test is they set up the exact same way, spring attached, cheese at one end, but then they did something different. They wafted in the smell of a cat behind the rat. What do you think happened? Did he pull faster or harder? Yeah, he pulled three times harder compared to the first experiment. So desire in itself is never, it's not the biggest motivator. Desire by itself doesn't move the needle as far as it can go. People will always move faster away from pain and fear compared to just desire, just having the goal. This is why most people never achieve their fucking goals. They're like, yeah, like it'd be nice. It's like why I'll probably never be a better singer because I don't actually fucking want it. Like there's no, there's nothing other than desire there. So the easiest test right now, if I was going to do human behavior, if I said to you, I'm sitting next to you, I'm like, hey, go work out right now and you're going to get one step closer towards your goal. You might be like, okay, let's do it. Or you might be like, hmm, pretty busy. I'll do it later. What if I pulled a gun out and put it to your head and said, go exercise? Well, you'd probably almost definitely comply. Death is the biggest motivator. That is the thing that's going to move people the quickest. It's going to move people with the most velocity towards their goal. That is lesson one. Desire is never enough on its own. Lesson two, nobody cares as much as you. So I, I do a lot of quality assurance for our team. So I manage the whole team. We've got coaches, um, we've got results team, we've got marketing, we've got all that kind of stuff. And I, I, I watch the course. I want to make sure that our clients are getting the best service possible. So I make sure my coaches are trained uh, regularly. So they're trained weekly or bi-weekly. So at least twice a week. And my coach is always great. They're the best. But I was watching it and this client said something that I haven't seen pop up for a while. Sometimes I get a laugh out of the recordings. So this client was saying to her coach, mind you, we work with women 40 plus, 40 to 60 adults. We work with adults, not children, not teenagers, not angsty teens. And this lady was like baiting her coach, Coach Claire. She's like, I've got these events coming up and I'm, I'm not even going to think twice about drinking. I'm going to go eat crap. I'm not even going to exercise during this period. Almost to to antagonize the coach a little bit, which is strange because they're paying money for the program and the coaching, but everyone can do whatever the fuck they want. And she was almost like kind of baiting the coach. So uh, probably a weaker coach would have been like, no, stick to the plan. Like you have this goal. Isn't the goal important to you? Isn't it more important than this event? Like all that kind of bullshit. Young junior coaches do that shit. And it raised a good point. Ladies, whether you stick to your plan or your coach's plan or your PT's plan or your doctor's plan, that is up to you. You not sticking to the plan does not hurt the other person. It's like drinking poison and hoping it's going to kill the other person. 
It doesn't work like that. If you don't do the plan, the only person that gets hurt here is you. So we work with adults, no children. It is entirely up to the individual whether they want to do it. We, we physically cannot make you exercise unless I was there and I was the biggest loser. But that's not how it works. So ladies, the people helping you are going to get paid regardless of whether you do it or not. You defying them does nothing but hurt yourself. Absolutely nothing. And I was just thinking, I'm like, my coach is going to get paid her weekly paycheck, whether that client goes to the events and eats like an asshole or not. The, co the coach is not going to be like, sometimes people think that, oh, my, you know, my coach is going to be so upset. They're going to be so angry. I'm like, Coach Claire went to bed that night. She went to sleep. She had a great afternoon. She probably got up, walked the dog, went for a hike. Like, ladies, this is your journey. And people sometimes think because you're going through it, you think other people care as much as you do. It doesn't work like that. You have to care more than anyone in the fucking world about your success as an adult. Like the coach is going to do everything possible, everything that they can, but we can't. No one can fucking make you do this. So that lady, she had to get up the next day and face the scale, jump on the scale and the weight went up. She's the one that had to feel crap about her choices. She's the one that had to feel, had to feel down about letting herself down. She's the one that's now not just one week behind, but two weeks behind. Because remember, if you gain weight, you lost that time and then you've got to lose the weight. So you lose that time just to get back to square one. And then you've got to lose weight again, just to make progress. So you're two to three weeks behind just because of those choices. My coaches are happy with their bodies. They're happy with their lives. They're happy with what is going on physically, mentally, emotionally in their life. So it's not going to bring down anyone other than yourself. I say this to drive the point in that nobody cares about your journey more than you. Because if someone else cares more than you, you're not going to do it. The only time that'll ever be applicable is for children. The parents are going to want the kids to do something more than they are. But if the child, and we are just children growing up, doesn't want it more than what someone else wants it for them, it's not going to get done. It's not going to get done to the standards. It's not going to be done in the fashion that needs to be done. So as a coaches, we don't get mad and angry and upset with our clients because they're adults. They made the choice. The choice was their own. We want our ladies to succeed. We really want them to do. But you got to want this more than anyone else. Super important. Lesson three. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. Quick question. Do you believe that to be true? We've heard it a lot. Our parents have said it. I've heard my parents say it. I've heard mentors say it. I've heard a million people say it. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. This statement is actually incorrect. You can make a horse drink if you starve it, if you dehydrate it, even if you bleed it out. You can make the animal do what you want it to do if you create the right conditions. We are animals at the end of the day. We, we are predicated by our behaviors. So if you write, if you and our environment as well. So if you make the right environment, we can change the behavior. So what conditions in your life do you need to create so you can actually follow the plan and actually do it? For most people, it's actually their environment that is keeping them from succeeding. Most people. So I got this one off uh, Alex Lamozzi. So he's talking about, and it's a real study. I've had a look. So in the 50s during the Vietnam War, more than 30% of soldiers had tried heroin. Now, heroin's pretty bad. 
I've tried a couple of different drugs. Heroin is definitely a no-go. You don't do that. Heroin's bad. Everyone knows this. Super, super addictive. And there, so in the 50s, 30% of soldiers, that's a lot. Like, I don't know how many that is, but I'm talking like probably up in the tens and hundreds of thousands of soldiers. And a lot of the high-up officials thought there was going to be an epidemic when they all come back. They're like, holy shit, like, how are we going to handle this? We've got drug addiction at max at mass scale. This is not going to be great. But when they came home, they found almost all of the soldiers, like 97% plus, gave up the heroin immediately. No issues at all. When they left, they left the habits behind. So the studies concluded that the environment shapes the behavior. So when they left the environment, when they left Vietnam, they left the habits behind as well. So let's look at a rehab center for today. If you have known someone who's gone into rehab, I don't personally know anyone, but this is how it works. Rehab centers have a less than 10% success rate with drug addiction. They remove the person from the environment at which they were in, which caused the habit. They put them in a new environment where there's no stimulators, essentially from the old environment. So there's new new environment, new place, new people. They get them cleaned up. They get them into some sort of exercise, maybe some reading, some learnings, teach them some good uh, mental models, some frameworks. And what happens is when they put them back in the old environment, they relapse. So what was the what was the variable? The variable was the environment. Because they went back to the same home, the same living situation, back to the same problems, back to the same people, maybe back to the same job, back to the same family. They All those things that created the addiction in the first place, because what were they trying to do? They're trying to escape from something in their life. They relapsed. A lot of ladies, before they come to us, are going through the same thing in their own environment. And it's generally around the failures of their weight loss. Like, yeah, like, what do you think Biggest Loser works so fucking well? Because they remove the person from the people, from the environment, from the shit that made them get to the spot where they put on all the weight. And then when they put them back, it's like 90% failure rate. Like Biggest Losers generally end up at the same size, if not larger. It's fucking, it's, it's there on the internet. How wild is that? The environment is what dictates the behavior. So a lot of ladies... Some of you need to dehydrate, starve, and bleed out the horse for it to comply. That means culling people from your life, not hanging out with certain friends. You know who I'm talking about? Getting away from certain family members, changing jobs, getting away from negativity, toxicity, changing your environment. You, you might even need to move towns to be successful, getting out of the environment, which is causing you to be in the shape at which you are. Weight loss isn't just, sorry, weight gain isn't just physical. It's highly mental and emotional as well. So what needs to happen in your environment so that you stop going back to the addiction, you stop going back to the result that you don't want to have? A lot of people listen to motivation videos, motivational videos, YouTube videos, get inspiration, get all rah-rah, and they go back to the environment and commit the same addictions. It might be around food, it might be around alcohol. So what do you need to cull in your life so that you can be successful and succeed? Because for everybody, it's something. So we went through a lot of lessons today. These have helped our ladies succeed. This has helped uh, many, many, many people that have come into contact help me succeed these lessons. Apply them, at least apply one of them. Start to put them into place, start to get the wins and let's kick some goals. 
the ladies, I'm going to see you in the next episode. But before we go, if you're like, I need help with these things, this is exactly what our VIP transformation program is all about. Yeah, it's food and exercise, but that's not even the biggest part of the program. It's metabolism, it's hormones, it's sleep, it's structure, it's organization, it's help with the environment, but it's also mindset. You should see our ladies. It is like the before and after photos is awesome to see, but you should see the before and after interviews. Like the ladies that we talk to at the start and who they are at the end, it's like looking at a skinnier, healthier, happier, more confident twin. It's trippy, it's crazy. Ladies, if you're like, I need that sort of transformation. I know it's not just about food and exercise. I do these programs and then I fall off a cliff and it's unsustainable and I put the weight back on. I'm like, that's all of our ladies. The reason our, our program does so well, it's based on an 80-20 rule. If you do 80% right, you will see results because I want, I want it to be effective and sustainable once you finish the program. So if you're looking for that right now, send me a message on Instagram or Facebook and go, hey, I listen to the podcast, need a little bit of help. Even if you jump on the website, you can find one of our application forms. So blissbodyu.com.au, fill out an application form and the team will get in contact with you. We'll see if what we do would actually work for you. Over a thousand testimonials to date, more than 10,000 kilograms lost for our ladies. Our ladies are killing it. They're doing so amazing. There's 245 clients on the program right now. That's just at the moment. We've worked with more than 1,100. So... Ladies and kicking girls. Bye, ladies. Lots of love. And I'm going to catch you in the next episode.